You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. This week's Top 5 Express Board Games Edition. Each episode, I'm going to give you a topic for the list and give you my picks for the top five games of that topic. As I like to do each year, I want to go back five and ten years ago to give my picks for the top five of those years. So this year, we're going to do 2017 and 2012. Specifically today, we're going to go into 2012. Now, there are some great classically popular games from 2012, and there's a bunch that I really enjoy myself. So as always, I'm going to give you what BGG has for their top ten from that year based on their current rankings of the games after I give my list, and then I'll give some some also runs. Now, uh, this... Man, as I was doing the research for this show, for these two years, they're amazing years in gaming. This year for the 2012 list, I wrote down 28 solid games from that year. I'm not going to go through all of them. I may kind of throw out almost all of them between talking about all these things, but I'm going to give you my top five. And then, like I said, I'll give you the top 10 and then throw in some other ones that had some really uh, either unique mechanisms or kind of their, put their stamp on the gaming scene for one reason or another. So let's get into the year of 2012 and give my number five. Uh, number five is Love Letter. Now, this is uh, obviously a great game. You hear about it a lot. It's been a million different iterations and different themes. Uh, and it started off, I believe, at AEG, and it's been moved around a bit now. I think the, the rights now belong to, I believe, Asmodee or Z-Man uh, own some of them. But the main Love Letter, I believe, was from AEG. And this is Seji Kanai. Now, this kicked off that micro game craze that we had for a few years there, where everybody was trying to do the 18-card challenges and things like that. And then, of course, Button Shy Games, which just kind of made a, a whole uh, career of uh, just publishing these smaller type games. This was really, I believe, the first one I kind of put that out there. Uh, Love Letter, again, plays for two to four players, plays in about 20 minutes. Probably my favorite, the, other than the original, is probably Love Letter Batman, uh, which really just kind of added a little bit to kind of the scoring of, of the game itself. Now, in Love Letter, very simple. You uh, you draw a card. You have one card in your hand. You draw a card and play a card. And now you're trying to get somebody else. Well, you're trying to get everybody else out of the game and, and be the last one standing to get a point. And then usually you play to either three or five points, uh, depending on how you're playing or how long how long you want to play. Uh, but also, you don't want to be the one to discard the uh, the princess, uh, but you also want to be the last one standing with kind of the princess. And there are different ways to do. You can guess what some other people have. You can pick what, uh, another person, and then you kind of secretly show each other your card, and the lower card is out of the game. Things like that. And of course, uh, if you discard the the princess, you are out of the game as well. Just such a solid game, perfect for kind of waiting in line for your uh, plane to to board, or or just waiting at dinner. You know, sitting at dinner with your family, or just 
just with, with anybody and just want to play some games. This is an absolutely amazing one. That's Love Letter from uh, Seji Kenai. Number four, uh, this one's a little bit uh, kind of off the beaten path, uh, so to speak, and kind of hasn't got enough play, but it's an amazing game. This is Seasons. Uh, this was by Lebeled, and I believe that... Um, I believe that yellow is the one that kind of put it out after label it. Uh, but it's also, this is a, like, I love to uh, let people know this one is available on BGA. Uh, and this was by Regis Bonasse. Uh, now uh, Regis done some other games uh, such as Dice Forge, which is a really good game. Uh, Lords of Zidit, uh, Himalaya, just some cool games. Now Dice Forge was one of the first games to have kind of like the, uh, you can kind of put different faces on the dice. So that's uh, that was actually pretty cool. Uh, seasons two to four players plays in about 60 minutes and kind of a medium weight game. This kind of has that feel for the type of gamers that were kind of the Magic the Gathering fans because what you do is you're making kind of a tableau, uh, putting cards into play, but they all kind of trigger off of different things and has a dice drafting element to it uh, to, to get you some points, but really just a fun game and really, like I said, if you're combo crazy, this is a game for you because this is kind of has that good feel of combo crazy and all the different cards. You have a certain different cards that you're going to be in each game. You're kind of putting cards uh, into uh, the different seasons so that each round you're going to be pulling other cards into your hand. So you're kind of thinking ahead as you want to play your tableau as well. But just uh, obviously a, a great game. That's my number four seasons. My number three is, uh, of course, I've got to cheat. Every one of these episodes, I've got to cheat a little bit. But being 2012 was right after kind of uh, Dominion craze and the deck building craze really hit, uh, uh, really uh, kind of got off running, so to speak, uh, this particular year. So this was, you're going to put the deck building games as my number three. Uh, specifically, I'm going to say the DC Comics deck building game, but also this year. So you had DC deck building game, Marvel Legendary Trains, which was kind of Dominion with a board, but, you know, based on kind of trains, uh, Thunderstone Advance, uh, which led to Thunderstone Quest. Now, Thunderstone itself had come out a few years earlier, right after Dominion, but Thunderstone Advance really streamlined it and made it a lot more playable and just a lot better of a game. And then, of course, now, recently they put out Thunderstone Quest, which is one of the best deck building games ever. But of course, DC deck building game is by far, in my opinion, the best one of this group. Although Marvel, Marvel Legendary is pretty pretty damn close because it is an amazing game as well. But DC deck building game, just, just a quick and easy game to play. It really plays well with two to four I really like it as a two-player game. Just kind of has that head-to-head -head feel where you have kind of the middle row. You're kind of getting either heroes and equipment and such into your hand. There's only one currency to worry about, and that's power. And then you're trying to defeat the, the eight villains that are in there. And then they'll also give you a huge reward. Just a great, easy-to-play game. Uh, I wish kind of licensing didn't get in the way that it, they could go ahead and put this one out either as an app or online. I think you could have a lot of a lot of great players and a lot of, of course, they put out a million different kind of mini packs. The Legion of Superheroes, uh, the different uh, CW-verse, different packs, uh, just so many different packs that they're little packs. And then big boxes that they put, a Teen Titans, uh, a Villains version. Of course, Marvel Legendary, can't talk about that without the 8 million expansions that it has as well. And they're still putting a lot, a lot of them. And now that's not... Um, not talking about Marvel Legendary Tactics, which is its own thing, which is kind of uh, Marvel. When you have that, it's kind of more of a story-based game and plays a little bit different, uh, whereas Marvel Legendary is more of kind of a semi-co-op. More, I like to play it more as a co-op. The uh, Legendary Tactics, like Firefly and such like that, those just kind of bring it into another direction. But anyway, that's my number three, the deck-building game craze. Number two is quite possibly 
the best filler or best family game there is, and that is Las Vegas. Now, Las Vegas is by Rudiger Dorn and uh, and by Ravensburger. Uh, should be readily available just about everywhere around now, and you should own this. It is the greatest game. Of course, it is also available. I believe, I don't think it's on BG. I think it's just on Yukata. But Rudiger Dorn, uh, he's known for things like uh, Dragonheart. Uh, he did Istanbul, Karuba, which is an amazing game, Luxor, and, and more recently, Runestones. But just an absolutely amazing designer. Uh, but of course, Las Vegas, which is a dice chucking game, whereas you have a certain amount of dice, and then there are six casinos out there. You roll all your dice. You start off with about eight dice. And then you pick on your turn. You're going to be picked one of the numbers that you rolled. And you have to put all of those dice onto that casino of that number. Now, each one of the casinos will have a random amount of, well, semi-random amount of dollar amount cards that come out. Once you reach 50,000 each one of the casinos or more, you go out and each one of the cards are from anywhere from 10,000 up to 100,000 on the cards. So you're basically dealing out and then you're competing to try and get each one. So the trick is uh, once you put all those cards, I mean, all those dice onto one of the casinos, the next person goes, and then obviously you're getting less and less dice. But as you roll the dice uh, and you're putting them in there, if there is ever a tie at the end of the round, they cancel each other out. So then the next person, so you're really kind of jockeying for control of each one of the casinos, but you're really trying not to tie. Uh, and then you play this over three rounds and whoever has the most dollar amount, you know, the highest dollar amount, the most money wins. So simple, so easy. Plays in about 30 minutes, two to five players. Amazing. There's a bunch of different types of uh, kind of variants that you can play. And a newer version has, uh, well, the new version, which includes kind of the expansion to it as well, uh, is just absolutely amazing. Las Vegas, the best, the absolute best party game uh, and family game, in my opinion. Uh, and just such a great dice truck and just fun party game there. Uh, again, uh, that is my number two. So what could be better than what is, what is about the best party or family game? Well, my number one game is a game that really kind of had that connective tissue between board gamers and role-playing game uh, enthusiasts, and that was Lords of Waterdeep. This was put out by Wizards of the Coast. It did put out one expansion later as well. This is by Peter Lee and Rodney Thompson. Now, Peter Lee uh, is known for things like Tyrants of the Underdark. He was also the lead game design on things like Horrified and Pan Am. Uh, these two guys worked at Wizards of the Coast between, I think, 2008 and 2018. And of course, Rodney Thompson did a lot of things with the role-playing universe and a lot of these board games too, like Dungeons and & Command and, and such. But Lords of Waterdeep is probably one of the quintessential uh, worker placement games. And it's just so... Uh, so amazing. Basically, you're just, you have the city of Waterdeep. You're able to, to go to a certain spots to get basically resources, which are basically your kind of adventurers. You're getting the adventurers, which you're going to get either purple cubes, which are, are kind of the mages or white cubes, which are paladins, blah, blah, blah. You know, you have your thieves, uh, your fighters and such. You've got all the different colors that you're trying to get them in there. And you're basically fulfilling quests, which are these cards, which are you're, you're sending off your adventurers or and or some money to uh, fulfill those quests. And as you do those quests, you're going to get victory points. And of course, everybody's got their own secret lord of Waterdeep, which is going to give you extra points at the end of the game for fulfilling quests in one of one of these different uh, different quest type, whether it be piety, commerce, skullduggery, uh, arcana, etc. Uh, just, just so, so cool. Really, uh, so simple to learn, easy to play. I back way back when this came out, my son, I believe was eight and he even played this with us. So very easy to play, but really this, uh, brought role players, uh, people that played role-playing games that weren't really into, uh, board games per se really got them to cross over and play some board games and get more into board games. But such a great game to this day, probably one of my favorite games of all time. And of course, 
you know, I like to go back and figure out what my game of the year was for 2012 for, for the Geek All-Stars. And of course, it was as well, Lords of the Waterdeep. A lot of times, I uh, it's really hard to uh, unseat some of the ones that were my games of the year for these years. But just definitely check out Lords, Lords of Waterdeep if you haven't. There is an app that should still be out there. I know it was created. Uh, it was out there, but, uh, but I should be still able to get it on the App Store. So now BGG has their top 10 from this year based on basically their rankings. And their top 10 is number 10, Tarji. Uh, there was Star Wars, the X-Wing miniatures game. Kemet, which is kind of a, a big sprawling dudes on a map type game. Keyflower. Now, Keyflower is an amazing game. This is a Euro game. Uh, really technically kind of came out in 2012 as far as the release, but it really didn't get over here to the States till 2013. Uh, so this one still kind of fits into that, but is another amazing game. It is also available, I believe, on BGA or Yukata. Uh, Lords of Waterdeep. Uh, then Robinson Crusoe Adventures on Cursed Island. This from Portal Publishing and Ignacy Trevichek. This is a great cooperative game, and it is brutal, and that's what people love is that it's difficult, and it still stands up to this day. Then number four, Android Netrunner, which was pretty pretty much started that uh, living card game, it, you know, basically everything in a box, and then you're playing against each other. Just started that living card game craze, but it really was just the the absolute, uh, you know, playing uh, players of the year, and started a huge. Just to this day, things are still going on with with the living card game and, and Fantasy Flight. But Android Netrunner, which was reimplementation of the old Android Netrunner, uh, but it really they redid it, and it is amazing. It's a really solid game. Number three, Zolkin in my calendar. Uh, this one barely missed my list this was a great game uh you know another heavy euro uh that kind of has this really cool thing with the different wheels in the game and as you're putting your workers out and the longer to stay on the wheels the better the actions are going to be but you can't really just wait forever because you got to do something so you're either putting guys out or taking them back your workers a uh, number two terra mystica another big sprawling game harder one to get to the table but another solid game uh that i do appreciate and like and then the number one game from this year according to bgg which is number 10 of all time right now on bgg is war of the Rings second edition this was uh still is such a great game i own this this is a, an amazing uh lord of the rings game uh where you're basically playing uh, the the five towns army uh and sauron sauron's forces and just the way that it, it handles just such a large game and the way it handles action selection and everything just really solid game but it is a little bit more on the heavier side there some other also rants, uh, Resistance Avalon, which is another kind of hidden role game. Amazing. The Manhattan Project came out, which was good. Freedom the Underground Railroad, which was one of the first games that really made you kind of feel something when you're playing the game uh, because you are trying to get escaped slaves uh, up to Canada or just get them freed. Really solid game, but really kind of has that tension. Really cool. Uh, coup. Takedo, the Star Wars, their card game, which was another kind of that living card game feel to it as well. Uh, Smash Up originally was out in 2012, which was great. Fleet as well was another one. Quicks, which you see now is kind of one of uh, one of the big kind of, they, back then they didn't refer to them kind of as roll and rights, but it is kind of a good party roll and write game. Uh, it came out this year as well. Viva Java, the coffee game first came out in 2012 by TC Petty Third. Now, what I love about this game is it's one of the best games that you can play with more than like six players. That's not a quote unquote easy party game this this plays up to eight players and it just plays amazing and it doesn't add any more time to the game so if you have a large player player base or you want to play a large player game that doesn't take longer than about a couple hours but it really doesn't slow the game down at all and it does have some good strategy to it viva java the coffee game is a great great game uh, there's also D-Day Dice, which was one of the Kickstarters that first blew up Kickstarter back way back when. Kind of a good cooperative game from World War II. Really solid uh, when when it when it came out. 
uh, and it delivered. There were so many. Uh, this was one of the big uh, Kickstarter uh, as far as all the stretch rewards were insane that came out that year. So that's a, a great one. Uh, Hoplomachus, I believe this is the first one that Chip Theory Games came out. They're, of course, the ones that put out too many bones and really do uh, have a lot with the the great components and just, uh, you know, everything, they the, the production and the components they put out. And they're putting out a new game uh, later this year that wait to see what's coming out on Kickstarter later this year. They've had a great announcement recently. So, uh, you know, check out Munchkin Land for that announcement. And, of course, the last one that I'll mention here is Empires of the Void First Edition. Now, uh, this was from Ryan Lockett and Red Raven Games. This was kind of uh, his one of his first games, Empires of the Void. The First Edition is it's it's good if you like uh, that sort of thing. It was kind of a 4X game, but it wasn't anywhere near as good as when he redid it and put out the Empires of the Void 2nd Edition, which is one of my favorite games. Uh, but so there you have it. 2012, just an absolutely amazing year for gaming. My number five, Love Letter. Number four, Seasons. Number three, the deck building game craze or the DC deck building game. Number two, Las Vegas. And number one, Lords of Waterdeep. Thanks for joining me this week on Top 5 Express Board Game Edition. If you have any questions or you want to tell me what you had as your top five of 2012, feel free to comment on an episode on Majorspoilers.com or go to the site for tons of other great podcasts and content by Stephen and the rest of the Major Spoilers crew. And of course, you can go to the Dish Tour channel and talk to us on there and, and let us know what your top five of 2012 was as well. I am Dan Dan, the Board Game Man. You can find me at Geek Jock Dan on Twitter and on the Geek All Stars podcast. And of course, Munchkinland podcast here on Major Spoilers, where I give a twice a month, 10 to 15 minute board game news show or also as a contributor to TMSPM where I do a board game segment with Scott and Brian. I'll be back soon with more board game top five goodness. Uh, as next episode, I'm going to tell you what my top five is from 2017, which quite possibly might be one of the best years in gaming ever. But until then, grab a new board game and have some fun with family and friends. This podcast is copyright 2022 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.